Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a Women in Tech Remix episode where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, my name is Megan Loist. I'm an investor at Lyra Hippo, where we're the most active early stage investors in New York. And also I'm the founder of Gen Z VCs, which is the largest and fastest growing community for young people in tech and VC with 11,000 plus members in our global community. I'm based here in New York City. So gotta say 20 VC. I love Harry Stebbings. I think he's a, he's a great mentor to me. And he was also like a, a big introduction to the VC world for me. I, for a, cl- a class in college, uh, I had I was covering Sequoia Capital, so that's actually something that we have in, in common. Where we, we went out and I got to I basically had to set up like a meet and greet with Pat Grady, um, and so I had to listen to Harry's episode of Twenty VC with Pat Grady as like one of my like assignments or whatever. So like that was like I've been kind of following Harry's career from afar, and now like since I'm now in the industry, he's become a close friend and a mentor. Um, so I love everything he does. Uh, so I would have to say Twenty VC. As far as reading, I like. This is like super lame, but I read like the Twilight books every year. It's it's so weird. But I think when I escape from like work, I want to just like read ridiculous like fiction, honestly. And so I've I became obsessed with the Twilight books in sixth grade and I don't think I'll ever stop reading them, which is maybe a little quirky, but uh it's it's me. I feel like <laughs> I should do that to chill out. <laughs> and- enhance my creativity. And it wouldn't feel right if we didn't, you know, talk about um, Lyra Hippo before, you know, wrapping up our conversation for everybody looking to raise right now or wanting to form a relationship with Lyra Hippo. What's the best way to do that? How can they be a part of the Lyra Hippo ecosystem? I mean, reach out to me. I, I think like the benefit of being a young investor is like, you kind of have to make yourself accessible. And it's something that I'm like incredibly passionate about. The last deal I sourced actually at Lair Hippo came from a cold email from a founder. They had read one of my articles. They reached out to me. We set up a call and like a few months later, we're, we're investors. Like, I think like you, literally the best way to reach me is emailing me and it's just Megan at LairHippo.com. But yeah, like there's, I think it's, again, all you have to do is like, again, take that first step. It doesn't matter if you don't think you're qualified or like you don't think you're right, but whatever, like all you can do is try and the worst people could say is no. And I like to think that I'm someone who's like a friendly face in the ecosystem and welcoming and helpful to everyone that I meet. So if you shoot me an email, that's definitely the best way. And um, I, you know, I obviously work for the Lear Hippo team and love working with our founders. So I hope to meet many of you soon. And any particular kind of company that, that they want? I know different firms focus on different types of investments. 
Yeah, I mean, we're, we're a seed stage focused fund. So I think, and the definition of seed has changed a lot over the years. I would say like 1.5 to like $5 million rounds are kind of our sweet spot. But um, at the end of the day, we love working. Like we're at seed stage more, more I think than anything, you're investing in people. And we think a lot about founder market fit. Like why is this person best positioned to build in this particular market? And like, how do they think about these big problems? And so I think more than anything, it's like the, really the person, but uh, seed is definitely our focus. And we're also the most active early stage investors in New York, but we invest all over the country. So I have portfolio companies in Austin and San Francisco and LA and all over the place. But like, I would say we have like the most, well, 60% of our portfolio is in New York. So we work with a ton of New York based founders as well. Hey everyone, this is Diana Morgan. I am the head of community at the startup called Copy AI, where we specialize in AI copywriting. I am based in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, so they found me actually. So this is a, it is quite an interesting story. I actually have only been on Twitter for about five months. And so I missed the whole November, October launch of Copy AI. I had no idea what it was until they reached out to me. So the reason why I made a Twitter actually was because I had just won an award for my work uh, doing community work. And I was like, oh, I should probably like connect with people around the same time as when I joined Clubhouse. So I was like, okay, this is perfect. I, like, this is the social media because I didn't want to give out my Instagram. I thought it was a little too personal, you know? So I was like, okay, Twitter is fine for my like professional endeavors. And so because I was heavily using Clubhouse, you know, the way word was traveling so fast back in February, uh, right after Elon joined the or spoke on the platform, it was an intense moment in time. I think anyone that was there at that time knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> where like every yes. second of the a day, you're on deprivation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a lot of chaos, and so I think with that, I was meeting a lot of new people in tech, um, and you know, talking on Twitter, you know, and. Uh, through that, people were tagging me and stuff, I guess. They're like, who's in community? Or like, who does community work? And uh, the CMO, Blake, he found me and he cold DM'd me saying, hey, love the work you're doing. We're looking into hiring a head of community for Copy AI. Like, I'd love to chat a little bit more. I was really hesitant because, one, I didn't know what the company was. And then two, that term is being like thrown around a lot. Like what community means, like head of community and I didn't want it to be like an entry level position for where I'm at in my career. And so I was like, you know, let me just like have the intro conversation. You never know, because I was also working at a company that was about to IPO at that time. So it's kind of like, like, what do I do? You know what I mean? So I had the conversation with Blake and then I checked out the tool and my jaw dropped. I typed in literally uh, Memorial Day deals flying to Greece and Santorini. And it was like, you know, Instagram ad. And then like 10 different versions of that spit out. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to change the world. Like this is actually insane. And the fact you can do it in any language. I think we're currently at around 30 languages, but that will obviously expand very quickly. Um, I was like, this is going to impact not just people to enable them to write more, but this is going to impact so many different professionals across countries worldwide, which is something that's of personal importance to me, especially at my previous role, working with international colleagues every single day. And I was the de facto editor because I was only a native English speaker. After that, I had a chat with the co-founders, Paul and Chris, and it 
definitely became clear that this was a really cool startup to work at. And at the time, they were only five people or like four people. <laughs> and now we're at 11, almost 12. I think our next hire is starting in a couple of weeks. Uh, and then they they gave me the offer letter and I was I started the week before um, the last company to work for IPO. So it was a very crazy time for me because there was obviously a lot of buildup to something I'd working on for years. And then um, the IPO moment was really great moving into a new startup, which is like peak. And then it's not a low to start at a startup, but like the scale was so different. And, you know, <laughs> I've had uh, this. Yeah, the scale is just so different. And I ha- I really have to thank social media for that because I didn't know that was possible. Like, I really only have a LinkedIn. That's the only place people can find me on the internet, but now they can find me on Twitter. Uh, just because, like I mentioned earlier, I never needed those kinds of things. Like, I, I just didn't know, what, I didn't need that, I guess. And now all this, like every single week, people are reaching out about community stuff. Um, so it's overwhelming, but exciting. Hi, this is Lauren Wong, founder and CEO of The Flex Company. We're creating a more comfortable period for everyone. And I'm coming to you from Topanga. Absolutely. And sometimes like being an outsider, I think brings an advantage. Like me being from Georgia, from a small town and like the struggle that I face as a child and as a teenager and everything that I went through in my life conditioned me super, super well to be an entrepreneur, right? All that struggle and strife and pain and heartache conditioned me for all the ups and downs of being being a CEO and a startup CEO. So I think even though I didn't go to, you know, like Stanford or Harvard or Haas or whatever, I don't have my MBA, like it kind of gives me an advantage in some ways because I look at problems a little bit differently. And there's nothing wrong with going to those schools as well. They give you phenomenal training, um, but you don't you don't need a pedigree to right. be successful in business. Yeah, there's no one right path, but there is uh, a bad path when it comes to health um, that has afflicted a lot of women. And that's like yeast infections and toxic. How do you say it? Toxic? Toxic shock syndrome. Yeah. Toxic shock. Yeah. I've seen devastating things I was unaware of as a teenager and growing up. And then later when I would see YouTube videos, I'm like, thank goodness that didn't happen to me. Yeah. Flex to my knowledge, like how I perceive it guarantees that I won't have to deal with those misfortunes and take the risk of doing that to my body. Is that accurate? So I'm not allowed to say guarantee from, for like legal reasons, (laughs) but what I can tell you is we have made over 80 million discs and we, our discs have never been linked to TSS. Our cups have never been linked to TSS. Um, the, the thing about tampons and TSS and why tampons and tampons, I think by and large generally are pretty safe. So uh, if you like follow instructions and you don't leave it in for too long and you use the proper absorbency, you should be fine. Generally speaking, um, TSS is caused by a strain of staph bacteria. That is, if it's found outside of your skin, it doesn't harm you, but if it gets um, in your bloodstream, it can harm you. And so when you put a tampon inside of your body, cotton is an organic material and an organic material can promote the growth of toxic bacteria. And if you leave it in for too long and those bacteria, if you happen to have that bacteria on the tampon, or if you have like a small abrasion from the cotton going inside of your vagina, doesn't matter if it's a regular tampon or organic tampon, they're all cotton. 
that is what can promote the growth of that bacteria, which can lead to TSS. And I think on the yeast infection side, tampons don't cause yeast infections for everyone. They did cause yeast infections for me because they can disrupt the flora and like the pH of your vagina because you're basically holding the blood inside of your vaginal canal against your vaginal walls for hours on end versus a cup or a disc. It's collecting the fluid. It's not absorbing anything. It's made out of body safe materials that um, are used in all different types of medical devices, right? Over and over and over again in hospitals, like millions of people per day. And so we know that these materials don't promote the growth of that toxic bacteria. And that that's what makes the difference. And that's why you can wear this product for 12 hours. So it's disposable like a tampon, but it, you end up using two per day versus, you know, 18 to 21 tampons per cycle. So it creates a lot less waste as well. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.